All right, the book of Luke tonight will be in Luke chapter number 10. Luke chapter number 10. Thank you for the music. Uh, excellent as always. Uh, Luke chapter number 10. I'm going to read one verse of scripture tonight. And uh, with this Missions Emphasis Day, uh, it will be a fairly familiar uh, verse of scripture for our text. And uh, days like today are good to remind us of the priority, not just of our life, but of our church. Uh, the, ch- the church does not exist to be a country club. Uh, the church does not exist to be a social club. Uh, the activism that we're to be a part of is to be active in reaching souls with the gospel. Uh, we're not a social justice uh, organization. Uh, that's not the purpose of the church. And I'm saying all that to say I want us to be reminded of what our priority is, but also the opportunities that God has allowed us to be a part of. Uh, So many of you have already mentioned to me today how much you enjoyed Sunday school, uh, seeing the pictures of the land. Uh, You gave by faith, not by sight, when it was time to purchase that. Uh, Seeing the men and their their families and those people uh, who have been saved. Uh, We may never meet them on this side of eternity, but we will spend eternity with them. Uh, We have that ministry, and we started the Lifeline newspaper. Um, that is started to be a blessing to us, and uh, I hope you're still getting that. You haven't canceled your subscription. By the way, it's not possible. Uh, and uh, those who visit our church and those around us, but I believe it's 44 different states uh, that that's going to now. Um, I, I received an email in the last couple of weeks about some, from somebody who has received that and what a blessing it is to them, what a help it is to them. And to my knowledge, they've never been to this church uh, but it is helping them in their situation. Uh, we started our own online radio station, and I want to remind you of that. And uh, I, I was talking to somebody, somebody contacted me from out of town this week and said that they listen uh, to that radio station. I was uh, where I preached in Alabama. A man walked up to me and uh, said, I, I said, he said, operates heavy equipment. He said, I sit out there and I listen to you preach uh, from, from uh, your website. And uh, I was contacted last night, a text from somebody who used to ride our buses. And he lives in a different state now. He's married, has a family. And uh, I subscribe to the YouTube channel, and, and I listen to every sermon uh, that is, uh, that is uh, posted on, on, on the YouTube channel. <clears throat> Earlier in that day, I got a text from somebody else in a different state that said, I listen to uh, the messages that, that, are, that are posted Many of you have expressed to me that uh, since we've, we've got our online and our, our live stream, that you have family members. They don't have a church to go to, uh, but they listen to these services. Um, North Florida Baptist College was started, again, so we could train uh, young people to serve in the church, but also to go around the world. Uh, you may be asking why I'm bringing this up, because we have a great opportunity to make a great influence, to make a great impact. And I want us to, to realize the opportunity that God has given us, but also to embrace the responsibility uh, that we have with that opportunity. And so your faithfulness matters. Uh, your, your service to God matters. And I want us to rededicate ourselves uh, to do more for the cause of Christ. Uh, we are not sounding retreat. The pressure is not going, uh, uh, is going, not going to come off. Uh, we, we, are, we are pressing forward for the cause of Christ. And so I hope during all this coronavirus 
uh, different situations. Of course, God has, has kept us safe, and we praise the Lord for that. But I hope you've rested up uh, in, in all of this extra time that we've had because uh, there, is a, uh, there, is, there are things that we want to do for the Lord. And so I just want you to pray for those things. Let's be reminded of those things. And I mentioned that because we're going to talk about some of that next week in Action Sunday. Uh, some of the things that we have been able to accomplish uh, with those goals, and we want to finish those others. But Luke chapter number 10 tonight, I'll read one verse of Scripture, verse number 2. Therefore said he unto them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. <clears throat> Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. I would say if you've been in church any length of time, you've read this verse of Scripture, you've heard this verse of Scripture used in a text, but I want to use it tonight, and it's something that I want us to be reminded of. Therefore said he unto them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. Now tonight for a few minutes, I just I want to preach on this thought, this subject. The harvest isn't going to reap itself. The harvest isn't going to reap itself. Father, I pray uh, that you would help us tonight. May the Spirit of God speak to our hearts. And Father, I have the privilege of standing tonight and opening your book and preaching your message to your people. And Father, I believe that I'm delivering this message to the greatest people in the world. Uh, Father, I, you've been so good to us. These people are hardworking. Much work has gone into the day. Uh, they've labored faithfully for years. This church is responsible through, of course, your blessing for not hundreds of souls, but literally thousands, if not tens of thousands upon tens of thousands of souls being one to you through the decades. Father, I pray that what is said tonight will be a reminder to us that there's more to be done for you. And Father, if there's an unsurrendered heart tonight, I pray they would surrender. Uh, Father, if there's someone who's been struggling with uh, maybe something you have been dealing with them, may tonight be the night where they finally just uh, get clarity on that, let go, surrender. And Father, may we as a church determine to do more for you in the days ahead. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If I don't know anything else, there are two things that I do know to be true. That this world is in need of the gospel and that God will save any man who desires to be saved. Those two things I know to be true. I personally believe we live in a day of great opportunity. And before you counter that statement with, what about this? And what about the state of this? And what about the, the, the infringement on our freedoms and, and all of those things? It is because of all of those things that I believe we live in a great day of opportunity. Multitudes are without the gospel. Multitudes are within our reach to win them with the gospel. While there are certainly some who have hardened their hearts and they would stand in the streets and shake their fist at God and say they have no use for the things of God, uh, I believe that the devil would like for us to just focus on them and not see what I believe is the, the truth with those 
who we don't always pay attention to, who aren't always in the news, who aren't always in our face, they are searching for an answer to their soul. The church is still, is still the effect, the church is still after uh, what God wants it to do. The church will still be effective if it works God's plan. And God's plan still works. The darker the day, the brighter the light. And we certainly live in a day of darkness, and that's why it's more important for the church to be the light. Our text, which is familiar to many of us, tells us that the harvest is great. I do not want us to miss that. The harvest is great. There is a great harvest that can be had. Now, I've never been a farmer. I have no desire to be a farmer, uh, but I do know enough about farming, but it just seems to me that the reaping seems to be a lot more enjoyable than the sowing. The enjoyment of the harvest seems to be a lot more enjoyable than the work and the labor to get to the point of the harvest. But the harvest is great. Jesus still will save sinners. The text reminds us the harvest is great. I love the opportunity to experience the reaping of the harvest and when God gives souls. Uh, many of you, you know what it's like, if not most of you, if not all of you, know what it's like to be the human instrument that God uses to give the gospel. There's no feeling in the world to be in the presence of somebody when they bow their head and they put their faith and trust in Christ. Let me tell you something. If you've never experienced that, the world has nothing that can compare to that feeling right there. The world has nothing. And on a, on a Sunday when, when, there, when lost people are in the service and you, and you feel that you see the Spirit of God working in their life, and I have the opportunity to stand up here in time of invitation and to see open Bibles at the front, and then you see that head bow, and you, you know they're trusting Christ as their Savior. Oh, you can put together whatever worship team, whatever, whatever a party you want to plan on Sunday morning. There is no plan, there is no feeling like the reaping. Of souls. Seeing people saved is a wonderful, wonderful feeling. In spite of the availability of the harvest, there is a lack of the reaping of the harvest. Now, we as a church, we're privileged. We see, and the Lord allows us to see, souls saved. But the Bible tells us there's a great opportunity for a great harvest, but there is something that is limiting the harvest. And by the actions of many Christians, it would seem to believe, seem, seem, seem to believe that they think that that harvest is going to reap itself. The actions of some churches, you would think that the harvest is going to reap itself. Now, again, I've already revealed to you that I've never been a farmer. That may come as a shock to you, and I don't know a lot about farming, but I do know this, that not much farming gets done from the couch in the living room. Uh, the, the harvest isn't going to reap itself. 
And we got to be reminded as a church, while we can preach on John 3.16 week in and week out, and those truths are, 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 are fundamental truths and they will never change, uh, the harvest isn't going to reap itself. We have to be reminded that there is a great harvest, but it's not going to reap itself. I wonder if how many young ladies and men who sit in churches like this church believe the harvest is going to reap itself. No matter what stage of life you're in, whether you're a young person here tonight, or maybe you're a new, new, new married couple, or maybe you're entering the season of life when you're having your children and you're rearing your children, or maybe you're at that place in life where your children are all gone, and no matter where you are, I must remind you tonight that the harvest does not reap itself. My my, my goal tonight and my responsibility as the pastor of the Emanuel Baptist Church is not to motivate you for the first time to let's go out and see people saved. We've seen people saved. We've won people to Christ. It's to remind you that the harvest will not reap itself. And what this church has accomplished in the past To God's glory, those things last for an eternity. When that soul trusts Christ as his his Savior, that's eternal. That person has eternal life. The things that you invest in in eternity, that lasts forever. Things on this earth will pass away, but those eternal things are just that. They are eternal. But I must remind us tonight that there is a great harvest, and in spite of what God allowed you to do in the past, that harvest still is not going to reap itself. So if there is a great harvest, and I believe there is, and there's a great opportunity for people to be saved, whether they live across the street from you, whether they work in the cubicle next to you, or whether they're on the other side of the world, the harvest is available to be reaped. We've preached several Sunday mornings now on John 3.16, and by now we should all be reminded of what we know. God sent His Son to die for everyone. God will save anyone who believes. So what is the obstacle? What is the problem? What is the need for the great harvest? Verse number two reminds us that it's laborers. The need is laborers. Well, pastor, how many laborers are there? there? Well, verse number two says, but the laborers are few. Well, how many is a few? Let me tell you, not enough. If there was enough, the Lord would have said there's enough. If there was plenty, he'd have said there was plenty. He said there was few, so you and I would know on this evening, tonight, on a Missions Emphasis Sunday, that in spite of all the efforts we put forth, in spite of all the things that the Lord's allowed us to do today and in the past, there's still not enough. No, parents, hear me well. You're rearing your children. Rear them for the Lord. Rear them to serve God. Rear them to, and pray that God would use them in a way to bring forth fruit in that harvest. Well, Pastor, we, we've done all of these things, and how many do we... There, it's still, there's too few. That's why the emphasis of the Emmanuel Baptist Church is going to stay the emphasis of the Emmanuel Baptist Church. We want our young people to give themselves to God first. And make themselves available for God first. 
And I'll say again tonight what I've said before and I've said individually to young people in the past and I'm sure I'll say it again. You live in a day of great opportunity. Uh, We'll quit waiting for God to write it in the sky. Uh, What a great way to use your life just to see people saved. Boy, it's a great day of opportunity. Well, I don't have the call so-and-so has, and and I don't feel like I have this. Why don't you just say if I have an opportunity to use my life on a daily basis to just have an impact in seeing people saved, what a great opportunity. We don't have too many. We don't have enough. But I want to focus on that word laborer for just a moment. A laborer, I'm going to give you some deep stuff tonight. Is one who labors in a toilsome occupation. To labor is to work. I wish I could tell you to do the work of the Lord was easy. It's not. I wish I could tell you soft Christians get much done for God, but they don't. Can I tell you that the downfall of a lot of Christians in a lot of churches is not a desire to see people saved. It's the fact that they're not willing to work to see it accomplished. There's a lot of young men who will get their Bible college <clears throat> degree, even pass with flying colors, will have all of the organization, have all the technology of today, And and just because they have that degree and they have all of this certification, if you will, they think that all they got to do is get the right position, the right opportunity, and the, the showers of blessing will just fall, and it's just going to happen. It doesn't happen without labor, without work. I want to mention four things about the harvest and about the work. Tonight, number one, it is an urgent work. Again, I don't think I have to keep reminding you of this, but just so there's no confusion, I've never been a farmer. I don't know much about farming. But it seems to me that there's a season of a harvest. And if the Whatever's being harvested is not done at the time that it needs to be done. The harvest is lost. So there, there's a work that is urgent. Might I say to you and I tonight, might I say to God's church, the labor that is necessary, the work that is necessary to reap a harvest, it is an urgent work. It is a season of harvest. Say, Pastor, explain that to me. Here we go. There's a, there's, a, there's a point in time we have an opportunity to reach souls and these lives will be lost. There are some who have, we have one opportunity to give a gospel tract. We have one opportunity to invite them to church. We have one opportunity for the Lord to work in their heart as they sit as a guest in our church. Their lives will be lost. That young men and young ladies and couples who, who, who prepared for the ministry and those who have yet to answer the call and, and, and are pushing what God wants them to do on that back burner. Let me tell you something. While you're deciding whether or not you're going to surrender your life to God and whether it's worth you giving everything to Him and whether or not it's something you can do, there are lives that are being lost while you waste time. There are lives that will perish while you try and figure things out. 
It is an urgent harvest. We don't have time to wait. We don't have time for the coronavirus to get through. We have to understand there are lives that will be lost. Not only are there lives that will be lost, we only have a short amount of time. Our life is a vapor. But Christ is returning. I'd love for him to come back tonight. Boy, you think 2020 was confusing before. They'd have a lot of explanation. A lot of explanation. Uh, I won't even go down that road. Uh, I'd love for him to come back tonight. Except for the fact that we reached everybody that we can reach. Because there is an urgent work that needs to be done. And can I, can I remind you that you don't have to be in West Africa to reach a soul? You don't have to have the call of a missionary. You have the commission of the King of Kings to be concerned about the harvest. Tonight, I want you to think very carefully. I want the Lord, I want the Spirit of God to, to, to speak to us tonight. I don't want you to just think of uh, un unknown people who live in your community, unknown people who live in your neighborhood. I don't want you to just think about those on the other side of the world that you'll never meet. I want the Spirit of God to put somebody on your heart, somebody on your mind that you've been putting off being a witness to them. Or it's a long time since you've tried to get them to talk to you about their soul. And I want you to feel the urgency the time is ticking. There's a time for that harvest. There's a time and an effort for us to push the things of this world aside. And as we go about our business on a daily basis, get in the habit of being sensitive to the leading of the Spirit of God as we encounter people on a daily basis. It's an urgent work. Number two, it's a consuming work. To reap that harvest... Again, just so you don't forget, I'm not a farmer. I've never farmed. And if you have, you can correct me when it's over. Some of you are in that ministry anyway, so you can correct me when it's over. Uh, once it's time for the harvest to be reaped, you work until it's reaped. You work until it's done. It's a consuming work. There's no greater work that a Christian can be involved in than the work of the harvest of souls. It's a consuming work. You toil. Uh, the ministry can be exhausting. Pursuing souls is labor. Uh, Prayer. The Bible says, how, you say, Pastor, I can't, I, 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 I don't preach, I'm not the pastor. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't have the ability, as some do, to, to go out and, and, and see people in their homes and knock on those doors. And, and, and yes, there, there's times I could give a gospel track, but I can't be as involved in that harvest. Well, the Bible very clearly says, Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. We ought to be going ourselves, or we ought to be praying that God will send, or both. And friend, if you've ever spent any time in prayer, prayer is not an easy task. Prayer is toil. Prayer is labor. 
So, Pastor, we, 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 need, we, need to get, we need to send more buses. Well, we need to be praying for more laborers. We need more missionaries. We need to be praying for laborers. Well, I love, uh, Brother Robert mentioned Hudson Taylor a few moments ago. As you know, I, I, I love the story of Hudson Taylor. And I've shared this many times, and I'll share it with you again, how when Hudson was a, was, was a young man, how his parents were, were aware there's a big movement for missions to go to China. And Hudson was training to be a medical doctor. But his parents were praying that God would call him and send him to the mission field. They were not just praying that God would send some to the mission field. They saw, said, God, if, if it be your will, it would be an honor, it would be a privilege for you to call our son. Our son. It's a lot easier to pray for God to call somebody else's son. It's a different prayer when you say, God, would you use my children? Would you use my grandchildren? Would you use me? Well, there, there's, some, there's some toil and some labor, and it ought to consume us that the hour is getting late. What can we do to affect the harvest? It's a consuming work. So just to give you an idea, it's my responsibility to remind us, all of us, including myself, that, that the time is ticking by. We have to be about the Father's business. We've got to be about the winning of souls. Well, Pastor, are we going to do... Are we going to, we have all these soul winning emphasis. We have all the Sunday school emphasis. Uh, do we have time for fellowship? Yes, 9.30 on Sunday morning. We have time for fellowship. I'm not against fellowship. We have activities. We're going to do those things. But I must remind you, souls are at stake. It's a consuming work. Number three, it's a needed work. Consider the number of souls in this world. Laborers are needed. They're needed. Now tonight, I'm not preaching this because I want everybody to come down here and surrender to go to Africa. Lord did that, I might would become a farmer. I don't know. But what my desire is, is for us to be reminded that laborers are needed. Laborers are needed. Well, I've, I, I talk to enough preachers. I, I talk to enough missionaries. The story is always the same. We need help. I'm, I know I'm a blessed man as the pastor of this church because the people of Emmanuel Baptist Church labor. They work. But as 2020 has come about, there's some things that have affected our routine. And I want to remind us we don't have time to get lazy. And while soul winning times might be a little bit different, we're still crossing the paths of individuals on a daily basis who have an eternal soul. And truth of the matter is, if the church, if we had this mindset of there's a harvest, I'm going to labor in this harvest, I'm going to work every day. I'm not just talking about going to work and getting your paycheck at that job you work at. I'm talking about laboring in the fields that are ripe under harvest. I'm talking about, Lord, who are you going to bring across my path today so that I can be a witness so that I can give them a gospel tract, so that I can invite them to come to church. Who is it that you're going to press upon my heart so that I can pray for their lost soul? There was a day, it was, it was standard in churches for 
every child of God to have a list of lost people that they prayed for on a daily basis. Lord, would you save them? Lord, would you send somebody by their house? Let me ask you tonight. First of all, do you have a prayer list? And on that prayer list, do you have the names of those who are lost and on their way to hell? I'm not just talking about the church prayer list that you pick up as you walk out the door. I'm talking about your prayer list that you're consumed because it's necessary. It's a needed work. Consider the number of souls. Consider the diversity of souls. Of course, America is known as a melting pot, and there's people from all over the world, the United States of America. It's been proven by our missionary here. You can go all the way across the ocean to Africa, but in the United States of America, you can reach Africa. Not just Africa, you can reach souls from other nations. Yes, even in Jacksonville, Florida, there's enough diversity where literally we can affect the world because most who have come from other countries or are in this nation, they still got family back in those countries that they left. There's a diversity. No matter who you are tonight, there is somebody that you can reach. And if I can say it tonight, that God intends for you to reach there are some that would listen to you more than listen to even this preacher. There's a great diversity of souls, especially compared to the few labors. It's a needed work. Very simple thoughts tonight. I would conclude. I, would conclu- I conclude with number four. Not only is it an urgent work, and it is. Not only is it a consuming work, and it is. Not only is it a needed work, and it is, may I say finally, it's the greatest work. It's the greatest work. I'm thankful for how God has blessed us with this property. We often, I walk through that foyer, and I look at those plans on those walls, and I ask the Lord to provide in His timing. And I'll just give you a little hint. I believe His timing is coming soon. Provide in His timing. I believe in having things done right, things done sharp, things done first class. But the greatest thing we ever do will not be build buildings. The greatest work is the winning of souls. When Brother Ruckman this morning mentioned the amount of money that this church has given, I'd forgotten how much that was. I need a refund, brother. But let us not forget that the greatest work is souls. There's a lot of things you and I could use our life for. None greater than laboring laboring for souls. And I've taught enough recently on the importance of the church and how we work together doing the work of the Lord. And we all can have a part. We all do have a part. We should have a part. What prayer all of us can pray. All of us can give. All of us can labor in these manners and others. But let me tell you, it's the greatest work. Friend, tonight, you're part of a church that's in the pursuit of souls, and it's the greatest organization you can be a part of is God's New Testament church. It's the greatest work. Mom and dad, rear your children for the Lord.
one you're commanded to. You also want to protect them from the things of this world that will destroy them. But it's the greatest work, serving the Lord with their life. I'm 46 years of age. I know I don't look that old, but I am. Farming sounding good right now. I've been around the things of God my whole life. I've saved, I was saved at an early age, called the priest at an early age, reared in a pastor's home, reared in this church right here. I get to do and be a part of the greatest work that you can be a part of. You know, you're here tonight, you're very familiar with this church. You've chosen this church. I hope you didn't just choose it because of the wonderful personality of the pastor. Because it's a church that's in the pursuit of souls. I don't know who needs to hear this tonight. But it's not time for you to quit. It's not time for you to give up. You may retire from your job you worked for 40 years, but it's not time to retire from God's work. There's labor that needs to be done. I'll make an appeal to the younger adults and even the young people. Pray once again, Lord, what would you have me do in my life? Rededicate yourself to the opportunity that God has for you. We, we have an availability, and I hope this helps some of you parents and some of you young people to understand the world we live in with the technology and the travel and the way things are. We literally can access the world with the gospel. And we talk about that and how wonderful technology is, and we can get the gospel everywhere, and we can do it. But what's keeping us from doing it? Laborers. Those willing to get involved in the work. And let me remind all of us, we have a responsibility with our finances. I'm not against you having nice things. I believe God wants you to enjoy life. But the greatest thing you'll ever invest in is the harvest. The greatest thing you'll ever give to is the harvest. We only have so much time. Life is a vapor and it's quick. The greatest thing you'll ever do with the life that God has given you is invest in the harvest. That harvest is not going to reap itself. We can talk about how available it is. We can talk about how God wants the harvest reaped. We can talk about all the tools that we have. But it's not going to reap itself. We have to labor. It, laboring is not just from 9 o'clock to 11 o'clock on Saturday morning. It's a mindset of every single day. Lord, what can I do for you today? Bring across my path somebody that I can share the gospel with. Bring across my path somebody I can point to the Savior. I want this day not just to be another day on the calendar where we just put a little bit of emphasis on our missionaries so it makes us feel good. We see those faces on the screen this morning and it 
and our eye does affect our heart. But I want some eternal changes to take place. I want some to perhaps, you know, I, I am going to invest financially in the work of God. Maybe, maybe tonight's a reminder for you and I in the business of this world and all the things that have taken place this year, we've gotten distracted and we've got our eyes off of what the main thing is. And I want to be more conscious of the people who cross my path so that I might be a witness to them. I think all of us would benefit from just pausing for a moment tonight and saying, Lord, make me more conscious of the people around me. Perhaps tonight there's somebody you've been fighting that God's been working in your heart long before this day. There's an area of your life that you're holding back. It's unsurrendered. I'm not asking you tonight to surrender to Africa. I'm not asking you to surrender to any particular thing. I'm just asking you to surrender to God. I say, I want to use my life to impact the harvest to have a part in the harvest. Those that work in the Sunday school, and as our Sunday school continues to expand, I want you to understand something. As a Sunday school teacher, it's important that you teach that Sunday school class. It's important that you study that lesson. It's important that you're prepared, but it's important that you understand that you have an opportunity to reap in that harvest. To every member of Emmanuel Baptist Church, there's a harvest. It's not going to reap itself. We have got to do our part in reaching the harvest. America is a big country. Often I'll just get out my phone and search the population of cities in our country. And as the statistics comes up of the millions of people who live in that city, I try and think if I even know of one Bible-preaching church in that city. Then, even in our surrounding areas, I'll punch in one of the cities and towns and get the population and try and think. I don't know of any Bible-preaching church in that city. You go to some of the major cities around the world, and you put in their population, and you see... In some cases, not millions, but tens of millions in population. You get a sense of the size of the harvest. But I want to affect the harvest that I can affect. God hasn't called me to Africa. But he's called me to Jacksonville, Florida. Does it make sense to you? that we would invest in the harvest on the other side of the world and not labor in our own? doesn't make sense to me. Let's labor. Let's labor for the harvest. Father, I pray tonight.